The Cemetery by D. E. Atkins. Cindy Moray turned from her mirror, shaking her ice pale hair over her shoulders. Her black dress was cut tight with a long front slit held together by a single glittering button that winked when she moved. Well, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. All right, Lara? <laughs> she drew back her blood red lips to reveal two long pointed vampire fangs. Lara Stepford, lying back on Cindy's snow white bedspread, contemplating her pink nail polish, didn't notice. Lara never noticed anything unless it was male and breathing on her. Lara? What? Oh, get with the program, Lara. I said if you don't use it, you'll lose it, right? What? Oh, the fangs. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Can you kiss with them on? Don't you ever think of anything else. Here, would you make yourself useful? Dust oh. my hair with this glitter. You know, Lara, you don't need that wig to look like a princess. Whose wig is it anyway? Hi, Rapunzel. Rapunzel had long hair. <laughs> Only I can't let anyone climb up it, because if anything happens to it, my mom will kill me. <laughs> oh, dear. Wills will be so disappointed. Oh. <laughs> Your mother wears that wig? Only sometimes. No, don't tell me. Anyway, we better finish. We don't want to keep them waiting. <laughs> Cindy went back to her dressing table to put the final touches on her vampire look. Dade Walken and William Lawrence Howell would be arriving any minute. Her father would keep the guys trapped in the library, pouring out drinks and weird fatherly charm. And Wills, who was Lara's current entertainment for, oh, the next ten minutes, would drink his, making that polite, endless conversation that boys with names like William Lawrence Howell were so good at making. Dade, on the other hand, would say, no, thank you, he was driving. But the truth was, he just liked saying no. He liked being in control. Cindy smiled. What would it take to make him lose control? Cindy liked to push people, see what she could make them do, like tonight. She had big plans for tonight. The Halloween dance was only a beginning. Rising, she stood in front of the full mirror, and Lara came to join her. The vampire vixen and the fairy princess stood together, smiling. Come on, Lara, it's Halloween. Let's party. <laughs> yeah, let's on the other side of town, Georgina Butler was getting ready for the same dance and the same party. Not that she'd been invited to the party exactly, but she was going to be there. What was Cindy going to do about it? Throw her out? She hated Cindy. Cindy had a fast mouth and a lot of money, and she liked to push people around. But you can't push me, trendy Cindy. Georgina pulled on her black stockings and slipped on the high black heels. Webs of black moved around her, and silver streaks were painted in her spiked black hair. On the front of her short black turtleneck dress was a red design, an hourglass that she'd carefully painted on herself. When the final touches were complete, she surveyed herself in her mirror. Georgie. The Black Widow Spider-Woman. She smiled. I'm going to have a good time tonight. The doorbell rang, and she went down to greet her date. Her very special date. Cindy was going to have a fit when she saw them together at her exclusive little party. Yes, Georgie was going to have a very good time.
Billy Villanova was headed up the long driveway of the big old Wales house, behind the thick, towering hedges that were so important in this part of town. Very rich people kept very large houses behind those hedges, and with that kind of money, anything was possible. Like him and Jane Wales, except between them, the possibilities had kind of worn out. Foy and Jane had known each other all their lives. They'd done a little obligatory fumbling, but basically they'd come up just friends. Foy frowned. The trouble was, Jane might not want to be just friends. He was tired of the whole bit. But what would happen when he told Jane? Good evening, Mr. Foy. Good evening, Hodges. The Wales family's elderly butler betrayed no surprise at the sight of the blonde boy dressed in a long robe painted with magic symbols, carrying a necromancer's hat under one arm. Come in, Mr. Foy. If Mrs. Wales is in the living room. I'll tell Miss Jane you're here. Thank you, Hodges. From the top of the stairs, Jane Wales watched Foy go by in the hallway below. Then she looked at herself in the tall hallway mirror. Dorothy, in the Wizard of Oz, her brown hair and pigtails. Was it too juvenile? Cindy said anybody with money could look good. But then Cindy just liked the way money looked. Charity Webster said Cindy's best color was the color of money. She'd said it to Cindy. Jane had been paralyzed. Cindy had a knack for bringing out the worst in people somehow, and it made her powerful. Jane mused on this as she stared at herself in the mirror. I'd like some power for a change. I'm tired of being in Kansas. What I need is your basic tornado. Some action, baby. Miss Jane, Mr. Foy is here. I left him with your mother. Thank you, Hodges. I'm coming now. Oh, I will have a good time. I will, I will, I will. Rick Carmack was pleased with his costume. It was classic Rick. A psycho Santa Claus in a blood-spattered suit with a plastic axe to go with it. It had the maximum shock effect. Even his old man had flinched a little when he first saw it. Oh. <laughs> What's the matter, Father? Never seen any blood before? <laughs> Rick's father always kept an automatic smile on his face, like a permanent grimace. It probably came with being a mortician. Rick's father was sort of the McDonald's of the funeral business. The whole thing made Rick nervous. Everyone thought he was a big jokester, a party animal. The truth was that Rick was afraid of being still for even one minute. Because being still meant being dead. And Rick had had his fill of death. Moving at his usual top speed, Rick bounded toward the front door. Happy Halloween, Dad! I'll give my regards to the dead! Will's howl was annoyed. Annoyed that he'd agreed to double with Dave and Cindy. Annoyed that he'd agreed to come with Dave and Dave's big old Chevy. Annoyed with being upstaged. As if he'd read Will's mind, Dave glanced over from behind the steering wheel and surveyed Will's costume. Very original, Will's. Hey, at least people will know I'm Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's so right for you, Will's. Let me introduce myself. Lord Highness Death. Mr. Death, do you? Freddy Krueger and Mr. Death. We're kind of working the same side of the street, wouldn't you say? Yep, and this is Mr. Death's favorite holiday. Freddy's too. You know, we should have borrowed my father's lap. <laughs> Mr. Death and Mr. Krueger cruising in the Cadillac. I like it. But I promised the all-American metal machine that it could go out for Halloween. Dave, you really are unnaturally attached to this jacked-up Chevy. Mr. Death warns Mr. Krueger to watch his mouth. Oh, really? 
What Wills really wanted to say was, Who do you think you are, Dade Walken? My family can trace its roots back to the Mayflower. Who the hell are you? But Wills didn't say it. Instead, he wished that his costume was real. He'd like to do a Freddy Krueger on Dade. Or a Jack the Ripper. He'd almost come as Jack the Ripper. He admired Jack the Ripper. A man after his own heart. Stalking the streets of London in the 1800s. Keeping an entire city locked in fear. Wills looked over at Dade broodingly. Dade could be unpredictable. Not safe to confront. Better to get him from behind. Really? Really? Because Mr. Death isn't afraid of death. But Mr. Cooper still has that option open. Will's howl kept silent as Dade eased the Chevy up Cindy Moray's driveway. 